Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited. Today, I am talking all about being a projector with another member of our incredible HDX coaching team. Um, Bronwyn also helps out with a lot of the writing in the business as well. So she's quite the marvel. Welcome to the podcast, Bronwyn Snell. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been a minute because I've been on a couple of these, but it's been a while. So it's kind of cool to come back and check in and share how things have changed in the best way. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that that's going to be really exciting to talk about like being a projector, but also, you know, being someone who is committed to the human design experiment. Um, And when we do that, then often we don't end up where we think we should end up. We end up somewhere even better. So um, before we get into where you started your your experiment, tell everyone your um, type, authority, profile, incarnation cross, please. Yes, I am a 1-3 splenic projector with the right angle cross of the unexpected four. Mm, I love that. There's a lot of unexpecteds. It's so funny. There's a lot of unexpecteds in my world and there's a lot of rulerships in my world and vessels of love. Hmm, crazy. Um, thank you so, so much for that. Now tell everyone, when did you, I'm going to start that again because I'm overthinking it. Um, let's start at the beginning. When did you begin your human design experiment? 
It's been just over two years. So February, it was like the end of February, 2021 that I discovered human design. And then shortly thereafter discovered you and dove in head first. So it's been, yeah, over two years now, which seems kind of crazy because life has changed immensely in two years, but that's what happens when you follow your design and start making some changes for the better. So, yeah, I love that. And what was the catalyst? So obviously, I mean, Obviously, I know you well. I've worked with you. You've been in the mastermind. You've, you're a part of our team. You're one of our coaches. Um, and I've watched you completely transform your entire life through, you know, surrendering to your experiment. But can you tell everyone, like, what was the catalyst? Like, what did human design potentially offer you? Or what did you want to change in your life that human design potentially was the solution for? I suppose it was a few things that I think a lot of members within HDX can, you know, I don't know, kind of relate to. Um, There was, I think, a loss of identity as a mom of young kids. Um, There was a piece of that. I just felt like a mom um, and not like myself. I didn't know what my hobbies were anymore. I didn't know what I was into or what I was curious about, just kind of coasting through life um, without yeah, without just knowing who I am. And so there were with that, there was a sense of like, not knowing what my purpose was not really feeling happy in my job. I was a teacher for 15 years. Um, Well, I guess at that point, it was about 13 years. But yeah, there, there were just a lot of things I was in a, you know, my relationship with my sister was estranged, it was not great. Um, So there were lots of different factors where I felt like, I was searching for something and then human design really just found me and it made sense and it clicked and it was just game changer from that point on. Mm, I love that. And um, I love what you said about, you know, purpose and finding yourself because I really resonate with that. I think that that was the thing that human design, you know, they were the boxes that I ticked first and then everything else that is like the cherry on top. But I love that, 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 you know, watching the transformation from career, you know, the relationship with your sister, even the way you've, you choose to parent your kids now differently. Like, I just think it's so cool. I love it. So when you first learned about your, let's start with your strategy, because I think a lot of projectors are kind of like, what, what's this invitation thing? Does it mean I have to sit on the couch and wait for someone to, you know, invite me in? Do you want to talk about when you first came to human design, potentially, Like, how did you respond to finding out that you had to wait for an invitation? And tell us a little bit about how you experimented with what an invitation meant to you and how you know it's an invitation or how you respond to them now. Like, what's that journey look like? I'd say probably in the beginning, I had a moment where I was like, oh, you know, I think everybody wants to be the initiating manifester, but I really quickly, once I started going through some of your journaling exercises and HDX and through the mastermind, I realized very quickly the evidence of where I'd initiated and it just gone to shit. And then where I had waited for an invitation and it had gone smoothly or put me on the right track. And so it was easy at that point to be like, okay, there's truth to this. There's a lot of merit to, you know, what this is. So then I just started experimenting and I experimented first in work. So 
a lot of times in any situation, I'm the first to, you know, speak up and volunteer and do things like that. It just excites me if the topic excites me, but I, I waited. So in meetings, small team meetings, big team meetings, I waited for that invitation before I shared. And then I could see how my information could land differently when I was waited to be, or when I waited to be invited, as opposed to if I just shared automatically without that invite. So that was the first place I experimented And then I just started experimenting little by little in different places. And it could be anything from waiting for an invitation to go to, you know, some event and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Maybe it's dinner with friends or something like that, but just seeing how things played out a lot easier. There was more flow to it. It put me in a better path if I waited for the invitation. And then when it came to you know, I, I discovered human design and then I was like, oh, it would be cool to be a human design reader and do unpacks. It's like maybe five years down the road or something, I'll do that. And then within, I think, two months from ending the mastermind, which was probably maybe five months tops since I discovered human design, I was doing human design unpacks with people. And part of my journey there was just sharing. As soon as I started sharing this interesting thing I'd found, and how it was giving me information about myself and my husband and my kids, the invitations just started coming. And so I, I always pay attention to that. Now I, if I get in ruts where something is not happening for me and I feel like things are kind of stagnant, it's usually two things. I need to rest as a projector, or I need to just share and find joy in what I'm doing again. And then those invites come. I love that. I think that this is so beautifully put. So for the projectors out there, I so recommend you rewind this podcast and take notes because the things that are so important about what you said is A, running the experiment, like just seeing the results. You know, that's why I've created transformational human design because I think we need to understand that we have to get the unconscious mind, you know, in the game too. And a large part of that is what we call restoring deletions, like going back to the past and actually having a look that when you've waited for an invitation, how it goes versus when you didn't. So I love all of that. I think it's also beautiful. And this is so important that your two things, either um, if you're not getting invitations, you need to rest because the universe will not give an invitation to a projector who needs to have the, the restore the energy to fulfill the invitation, right? And then the second piece, and I think this is where projectors get tripped up, is it's almost like they don't let themselves be excited and share whatever they're learning or obsessing over because they're like, oh, I have to wait for an invitation to do that. No, no. Like you can get excited and you're like, oh, my God, I'm learning this thing. It's so much fun with absolutely no intention of, you know, like selling it to anyone or any attachment to how they might receive it or, you know, any um, you know, guidance or of what they should do with it. It's just the sharing of something exciting. And when you see, I know for me, when I see a projector who's really lit up and, you know, gone down the rabbit hole on something, I can't help but listen. So I think that's so beautifully, so beautifully important. I love that. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I was just going to say one example of that recently. Well, there's two things. First of all, I find now that I'm kind of deep in the experiment, I don't get upset if invitations aren't coming. I just think, oh, it's not the time I need to rest. I need to share. I need to play. I need to get curious. I need to have fun. And there's not that attachment. I haven't, you know, my identity and my purpose isn't attached to that. I just realize it's a sign that I need to take a beat and rest. It's not saying anything about my 
abilities or inabilities. And then the second thing is, you know, I went down that rabbit hole and I was like, I really want to create and share something. Um, I was going through the messaging by design course with Jess Bubba Cohn, Amanda Foley, and we were on the vocation and I have a line one in my vocation, which is all about, you know, creating things. And part of me had this attachment to thinking creativity had to be art or music. Cause that was my background. I was like, it's not, I'm really good at creating structures or things. And so I was like, I want to play around with just creating things. So I went down the rabbit hole of creating the Disney characters that match all of the gates. And I actually just finished it today. The last one went out today. I've done oh, six I love it. And it was just fun and there's no attachment and it's fun to see people's comments if they're like, oh, this is me. I love this character. This describes, or this explains why I love it. And there's just pure joy in sharing that information, making those fun, like pop culture connections, seeing how other people relate to it. And, and it is what it is. Yeah. And there's no, um, oh, I wish I could think of the word, like there's no, you don't have an attachment to people having to receive it in any particular way, or, you know, that it has to drive, um, you know, any of the vanity metrics, or it has to do this, or it has to do that. It's because you enjoy doing it. And um, I'm going to get Bronwyn to share all of her details at the end so that you can go and check them out because they're so cool. I just love them. They're so cool. And you've done a Harry Potter series, which my youngest is so excited um, for. And yeah, it's so cool. I love them all. Um, so tell us about a little bit about, um, your, when you first came to human design and you discovered your profile, tell us a little bit about that. Was that something that you initially resonated with? How did you experiment with that? And how do you live in alignment with that now? I actually did resonate. That was aside from being a projector. My profile was probably the thing that I resonated with the most, the line one, absolutely. I am somebody who loves learning and I've been to, I have multiple degrees from school just because I enjoy going to school and learning new things. And now it's shifted from, you know, that standard education at a university to just going down these rabbit holes and learning about the things that I enjoy. So that very much resonated that line one, the line three did as well, maybe not as much, but, um, just, I did realize there's a lot of times in my life where I've done things, quote unquote, the hard way or had to fall down to get back up. And one thing that I really started experimenting with, with, and I think a lot of one, three profiles do this, at least the people that I've talked to is you get stuck in the learning and not the doing, um, because that knowledge is safety and security. So you want to gather as much knowledge and you feel like, oh, if I could just learn this and this and this, I'll be ready. So even when I started doing human design and intuitive readings, I was like, you know what? I'm done gathering the knowledge. The knowledge is going to continue to come. I'm just going to do it. And it's not going to be pretty. It's like you always say, just take the imperfect action. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just do it. And I'll learn as I go. So that's one area where I've really grown is just doing the thing and not sitting in the learning forever. And I'm proud of myself. And there's definitely times when things haven't gone according to plan, but I don't get as upset by it. I just embrace it and like, okay, well, you know, that way didn't work. Or if I just tweak this, maybe it'll be a little bit better and maybe it won't, maybe I got to tweak it again, but I've embraced that imperfect action piece big time. And I really enjoy just taking the leap sometimes and doing the thing, whatever it is. Mm, I love that as a fellow line three. And it's interesting, you know, like as you were talking, um, I was just reflecting on on my profile, and I think we do often resonate 
I mean, everyone that I've interviewed for this series, everyone says, yep, totally resonated with my profile. You know, like it's, it's something that we do really resonate with. However, I feel like in my personal experience and what I've sort of seen um, over the years working with all these different people is I think sometimes we actually need to consciously step into that um, design side or the second number or our unconscious. You know, I know for me that I, I felt the line five on the inside, but I wasn't fully stepping into it. So there was a part of me that, and I think that kind of sounds similar to what you were saying about your experimentation of that line three, the adventurer, the, the, um, you know, even that playful energy, you know, instead of getting serious in the line one, like letting the playful, um, you know, alchemist or, you know, weird scientists sort of play with the knowledge that's already created or already learned. So I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about your incarnation cross, or maybe there's another part of your chart that you want to refer to, but I just want to really give people a quick idea of how you started to experiment with the the deeper parts of your chart, maybe your incarnation cross or one of the other sequences maybe. Yeah. So my incarnation cross, it did kind of resonate right away, just, you know, surface level, just brief explanation without diving into it because there were a lot of moments in my life, you know, even finding human design, it was COVID, this unexpected pandemic that, you know, threw us all into pausing and being still for once where we could get, you know, reflect inward and see what was working and what wasn't working. So that's a huge example of a catalyst and an unexpected thing for me that totally shifted my life. And there, you know, looking back, there's lots of different examples of that throughout my life as well. Um, I've done a bit of like looking into the gene keys and diving into each of the gates um, as far as that goes. So the gene keys are super helpful. I still feel like the gene keys are so, it's so meaty that Mm. it's a brick of a book. I actually am using it to hold up my microphone right now. So (laughs) I have, but, uh, so I feel like it takes multiple stabs at reading that. And every time I read it for whatever gate, I find something new. Um, I've gone through the prosperity sequence with Jess Bubico now twice. And each time I do it. I've learned something completely different, or I focused on a completely different piece of it. Um, one thing that I've really found, and this isn't my incarnation cross, but this is my vocation is, um, is gate 54. I want to say, do I have, I have it written down some here. Yeah. So gate 54, which is all, you know, the lower expression, the shadow of it is greed. And I think one of my biggest struggles that I've had and my family has had is things around money. Um, and those are where really my biggest fears or my only fears that come up, uh, are all around money. And it's kind of funny too, cause I think we, in our, your, um, purpose and abundance retreat, we dove into gates and I picked my South node gate, which is gate 14 and digging into that. It's all about, you know, compromise and compromising what you want and your purpose and things like that. And there's just so much about it that resonated. And then therefore I never felt like I had that prosperity or that attraction, you know, to money. And even I found recently, um, you know, I did repair my relationship with my sister. We are speaking, um, and we've hung out, we just hung out the other day and there's issues, not issues, but conversations around money come up and I find myself being triggered. And I know there's still deep work that 
needs to be done around money and greed and material things just based on the way I was raised and some intergenerational stuff that I know is in my family, especially through my dad's side of the family. So it's just kind of interesting how even like starting in the gene keys in my incarnation cross kind of popped me over to these gates that aren't as prevalent, but holy cow, those are some big themes that come up in my life that I know I'm going to be continuing to work on, you know, time after time. I love that. And I think this is, this is why I created um, the transformational human design, because what we can do is we now have these really specific places that we can look and we can look at the fears and we can find what is really our shadow what is really the belief that's that's potentially standing in our way like truth for us as opposed to some blanket idea of well you have money blocks therefore you think you're not enough or something that so many when we're just doing the transformational coaching we're kind of like stabbing in the dark whereas when with human design as soon as we integrate that we can see these really specific areas I mean I know for me one of my massive catalysts is you know, be the shadow of the 37 is to feel unsupported. And I spent so much of my life being ruthlessly independent, you know, like I don't need anyone. I can do it all on my own. Um, but it's just me operating from that shadow. And one of the things that I know about myself now, whether my mind likes it or not, if I feel stuck or if I feel like things aren't moving, I ask for support. And that's been a game changer for me. And that's why I love diving into our human design because we can see what are the things that we specifically need. You know, at the moment, I'm loving the SQ because the SQ is what we need as as a child to keep our heart open, you know. And for me, it was patience. And for my youngest, it's patience as well. So I'm like, oh, I freaking love this stuff. So good. Um, any last thing that you want to share on that before we talk about how people can find you? Yeah, I I mean, I just think that when you start to integrate whatever parts of your design, and it doesn't have to be into the nitty gritty. I mean, the biggest strides that I made in life were simply focusing on type, strategy, authority, and profile. And once I started implementing those, my life changed. You know, I went from a teacher who was burnt out and using all my energy to, you know, I've done the whole line three trial and error, trying to figure out what works for my energy and found myself in a corporate job that is shockingly very aligned. But I also see how my approach to life has completely changed. And so, you know, even going into this job, I was invited into it. It's, you know, work from home, and I'm internal markets. It's very, um, you know, it can be very low energy. There's a lot of teaching and guiding other people. So I knew going into it that it was aligned for me. And it's something that I never thought that I, I never expected uh, the, the unexpected thing, you know, I yeah, never, expected, never expected it to, to come my way or for things to go this way. But I also have entered into this and a lot of the things I do now, knowing that it doesn't have to be forever. You know, when I signed up for teaching, it was like, you'll do this for 30 years and then you'll die basically. And now like, this is what serves me right now. And it feels good right now. And eventually if it doesn't, that's okay. I move on. Um, So I think it's really cool what you can learn about yourself and then how just my shift in career has changed my life personally too. just how I spend my energy, how I parent my kids using human design, all of those things. Um, Yeah. It can just have this big, awesome snowball effect on your life even just, like I said, just implementing things like strategy and authority. 
Mm, I love that. And I think, you know, that's why I'm always banging on about it. I think you're so, so spot on because we can't let the, you know, huge wealth of information that lies in each one of our charts stop us. You know, at the end of the day, strategy and authority is enough to completely transform your life. I love that. So obviously Bronwyn is one of our amazing coaches in HDX. So you can go to my website and find her and book an unpack, but where else can people find you Bronwyn on socials? And of course, please share your podcast as well. Yes. So pretty much if you look up guided by human design, so that's my website guided by human design.com. That's my Instagram handle. You can find me on Facebook. I have a page there. Um, and then I have just started a podcast in January with a good friend of mine who is now an HDX member as well. Um, and yeah, it's called the humanology podcast where we talk all things, you know, personal growth, some human design, uh, numerology, intuition, all the things. And that's one of those things too, where we both just enjoy sharing and we're like, we don't know what's going to come of this, but we'll share and hopefully it'll resonate with people. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to be able to work with people, support them if they feel called to work with me. So yeah, you can just find me on Emma's website or guided by human design. Amazing. 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 Go check her out people. She's awesome. Um, Bronwyn, thank you so much for being here. It's been super fun. Thank you for having me once again. I'm sure yeah. I'll have to check in again in the future when things inevitably <laughs> change. I know, right? I feel like you're such a regular now, such a regular. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for being here. I trust you got what you needed from today's episode and I so look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.